God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain set. Thank the Lord so much for the opportunity to be in church. Amen. Amen. All right. So, I want to share with us something on the power of hell. The power of hell. The power of hell. Hallelujah. The power of hell. Now, this is to help us appreciate how we may respond when the enemy attacks us in such a way that we are incapacitated because the enemy does that to us a lot. Hallelujah. The enemy does that to us a lot. There are different ways that we can respond to the word of God. We can be unwilling to hear the word of God because we don't even think it is necessary. So we may be offended at the word of God and disagree with it. That is another way to respond to the word of God. We may also hear the word of God, think that it is a good thing, but not believe that what the word requires of us is possible. So then we may hear the word of God and not fight it, but there is a quiet resistance that we may have towards the word of God, which is not the usual resistance because it's not about you saying that the word of God is not true or you battling the word of God in your mind. It is this feeling that we entertain with us that even though the word of God is true and even though the word of God is able to produce what God says it can produce, in our case, it will not produce what God says it can produce. So the word of God is true. The word of God has power to produce in us what he says. But for some reason, it is not possible with you. Not that it can't be possible. You actually feel 
that for some reason it is not possible with you. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? So you are not battling or disregarding the word of God, but you have this false humility that makes you think that all these lofty things that the word of God promises, even though they are beautiful things, for you in particular and for where you have been and because of what you have seen and what you have done before, it is not possible for the word to have its full realization in your life. And because this is not a direct resistance to the word of God, you actually are unable to realize that this is an evil thing that you are doing. Because you are not saying the word of God is not true. You are not saying that God is a liar. You are not saying you don't even like the word of God. You are just being honest with yourself by concluding that even though these things that the one preaching is preaching and the word of God is talking about, even though these things are true, in your case, it is not possible to realize them to the level that it is being preached. And there you give yourself reasons in terms of what you have been up to, what you have done, and the kind of things that makes you a special person that the word of God cannot thoroughly help. So it's almost as though you are being honest with yourself. And that feeling that you are being honest with yourself is like that it does not make you realize that you are sinning. Hallelujah. When Moses sent the spies to spy the promised land, what we have not analyzed to understand is that those who came and said it is not possible for them to take the land did not come in. Hey, it's not possible. Go away. No. I'm sure they came with this feeling of weakness that, look, we really went and when we were going, we observed what you said we should observe. But honestly speaking, what we saw on the land and the might of the people that we discovered on the land, when we compare it to ourselves, it is not possible for us to become what God has promised. It is not possible for us to inherit the land. It is not possible. So they really were being honest with themselves. They were really, to them, telling it as it is because they saw what they saw and they were being honest with themselves. And it is almost as though Joshua and Caleb saying that it is possible to become all these things, they were rather losing sight of what was obvious. You see, the obvious thing was that they will not be able to take the land. 
I mean, if you even look at numbers, 10 of them said it is not possible. And they gave a reason. They did not go and meet a land that is opened and ready to be taken over. And they returned and said that they cannot take the land. They saw things. And because of the things that they saw, they felt that these are evidences enough for us to say that we will not be able to take the land. They saw things. Just like the one that looks at himself and says that this word, this prolific wisdom that is coming to me, I am only able to become just a little better as a result of this wisdom that is coming. I am not going to become all that the wisdom promises. And these are my reasons. They also felt that way. And they had reasons. They had reasons. They had reasons. They said that they are giants on the land. Hallelujah. Was it true? Yes. So they didn't lie. But the Hebrew writer helps us to understand that they sinned against God. So actually, it is because we have read their sin in Hebrews. That is why we are able to read the actual account, right? And conclude that they actually were doing something bad. I'm sure without the background of the book of Hebrews and several explanations we have had, if we also read this thing, they were supposed to spy and they saw the giant and they realized that we can't beat the giant. What do you think? You see, the only reason why Joshua and Caleb said they could beat the giant was because God was with them. Do you understand that? Jesus said that it is very difficult for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom. When he spoke concerning the man that was supposed to sell all that he has, right, and then give it to the poor and come and follow Jesus. Jesus said it is very difficult, right? Say that, however, the things which are impossible with men are what? Possible with God. So then there is an introduction of a factor that tilts the balances. And that is how this is possible with God. Jesus, in a man's wealth, and in this case, his own wisdom, and the wisdom he loves, is such that it can keep him. This wisdom is so strong, his own wisdom. And when we follow on, his own affections are so strong, right? that they can keep him away from the kingdom. They are so strong. But Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. It is possible with God. Hallelujah. It is possible with God. And this is something that the Lord wants us to understand. Because if the enemy does not get you to reject the word of God, then there are several other things that the enemy can do. And one of them is to have the word of God in your life, but to lead you to sell yourself so short that you will not profit entirely from the word of God. So the word of God will be in your life, but you will not be a changed person. You'll be the unchanged person that has the word of God. 
That is all that you are going to have. And it will not be that the enemy is fighting you in a very direct way for you to see that this is the enemy. You'll be using this method of it is not possible. You are not saying that it is not possible that this person will overcome you. No, you are saying with you and what you know about yourself, what you know about your own weaknesses, how weak you are, it is not possible. Some of you may even go on to believe that you are disadvantaged, even in a way that is not totally your fault. So more like from birth, you are disadvantaged. You have a weakness and somebody that is able to follow the word of God is stronger than you. It's a natural advantage that the person has. Do you understand that? So because you feel like you are disadvantaged and somebody has a natural advantage over you, then you have your excuse as to why you cannot follow the word of God in the way that you should follow it. But I came to tell you that nobody has an advantage over the other person. And I will explain to you. Hallelujah. Nobody has an advantage. And it is important for you to understand this doctrine once and for all. Because this is supposed to be the bedrock of your spiritual pursuit. You must have a default response to the word of God. That whatever he requires of you, you are going to do it. Whatever the word of God says is possible with you, then it is possible with you. Whatever level that the word of God paints for you in your imagination, you are going to hold on to it. You are going to see it as something that is possible for you. You are not going to look at it and say that, no, even though this is there for me, I don't think I qualify for such things. You are not going to think like that anymore. You are going to look at the word of God differently. Hallelujah. Yeah, so going back to the promised land. See, when they did this, the Bible said that God turned them back into the wilderness. In Hebrews, we understand that God was not pleased with them. Hallelujah. And it was because of unbelief. Hallelujah. It was because of unbelief. Now, unbelief is in different forms and in different levels. There is an unbelief that is you rejecting the word of God when it is presented before you. Oh, this is not true. There's an unbelief that you receive the word of God into your life, but you don't attempt to apply the word of God to yourself. There's an unbelief also that is in this respect, where the word of God is with you, and it's almost like you must apply it, but you think that what is with you is stronger than the word of God. What is with you, you are so weak that the word of God cannot do much in your life. Now, this is the kind of unbelief that the Hebrew writer is talking about. Go to Hebrews. This is the kind of unbelief that the Hebrew writer is talking about. He's not talking about the unbelief of uh, you are rejecting the word of God, you are angry with the word of God, you are offended at the word of God, and you don't like the word of God. It is the unbelief of saying that even though the word of God is with you now, you are unable to become what the word of God says you should become. 
So it's almost like God is requiring of you something that is beyond your capabilities. Do you understand that? God is requiring of you. God is requiring for you to become a person that you don't have the capabilities to become. So it's an unfair requirement. And you don't say it outright that it is an unfair requirement, but you feel in your heart that really you don't have the powers to do it. So take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So what they said, that they are unable to take the land, it represented a departure from the living God. They walked away from God. I want you to understand what this is because what the enemy does to you is that he makes you think that this is a harmless activity. This is nothing. Hallelujah. He makes you think that to believe that this is not possible is humility. When the word of God says that you must walk this way, to believe that for you it is not the case, it's just for you to acknowledge your weaknesses. No, the Hebrew writer said that it is an evil heart of unbelief. Like God says, walk away from this evil. And then you say that this evil is too strong for me. I cannot walk away from it. The Bible says that that is an evil heart of unbelief and it represents a departure from God. Hallelujah. Please, you understand that? It represents a departure from God. It's a rejection of what is possible with you in your walk with God. So we should take heed. We should be careful. Lest there be in any of you. Means that if you are not careful, it will be inside you. Have you seen somebody know God on a certain level and then you conclude that no, the person is special. That is why. Has it happened to you before? That is an evil heart of unbelief. I've never thought of anybody like that before. God is my witness. You understand that? God is my witness. Nobody is special. Nobody. Nobody. The only difference is that somebody started ahead of you. You see, you are in class one, somebody's in class six. There is not a future where you get ahead of that person. Do you understand that? That is because they started before you. But if you are to walk the same path that they walked, if you are also to go to class two, class three, you would get to the level that they are, that you are looking at them now. Just that when you get there, they will not be there. Please, you understand that? That is the only thing that exists in this world. And that one, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing. Who is ahead of you is ahead of you. An attempt to overtake those who are ahead of you is rebellion. Listen, an attempt to overtake those who are ahead of you. When I say ahead of you, they started before you. Where they are walking is what you are learning to also walk, right? The attempt to overtake such people is rebellion. That's an evil thing. That is not what we are talking about. 
We are talking about the feeling that the people that are able to walk with God in a certain way, they are able to walk with God that way because they are special people. They are not. Hallelujah. Please, you understand that? They are not. And it's an evil heart of unbelief. Because I ask you, if you are going to think this way, then what is the profit in it? Because I want to know the benefit of every kind of thinking that I subject myself to. Because the thinking is for a purpose. The thought is for a purpose. What I'm thinking, it must lead to something, isn't it? So what will it lead to? If I look at somebody that is knowing God on a certain level, if I even look at the word of God and think to myself that I am specially weak and because of that, I am not capable of following the word of God in the way that I am expected to, what will come out of it? Nothing good will come out of it. Hallelujah. What good thing will come out of this? Nothing good will come out of it. It is just an excuse that you give to yourself for not doing what it takes to match up with the word of God. That's just an excuse. That's just an excuse. And I know that at times when the word of God is coming to us, we pick and choose the one that we are going to allow and the one that we are going to disallow. The areas of our lives that we are going to let the word of God affect and the areas that we are not going to let the word of God affect. And instead of owning up and saying that, no, I am resisting the word of God in this way, we hide under the covering of, I am too weak to respond to the word of God. Hallelujah. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Verse 12. But exhort one another. Look, let me tell you something. I know that as I said to you that I've not thought of anybody like that before. You don't believe. Believe. You see, that's the thing about us. <laughs> Why is it not possible? Why is it not possible? Is it not the best way to think? Okay, okay, if this will be easier for you to believe. I used to think like that, but I don't think like that anymore. What do you think? Okay, so we'll keep that one. So we've edited. I used to think like that about people, but I don't think like that anymore. And it has helped me so much. Right? This way, you are going to find comfort in the fact that I used to think like that, right? And use it to cement yourself in the thinking that if you are thinking so, then, yeah, it's not a strange thing. I'm telling you that I've never thought like that before. <laughs> and you see, I'm showing you what I have discovered. You see, something like this, uh, it's not that this is a default thinking. You know, the thinking that, oh, this is too high for me, or somebody is special. Somebody. It's not a default thinking. You know, it's a thinking that is smuggled into your mind. And if you don't take it, you will accept it. Right? You will accept it and let it rule you for a long time. It can rule you for so long that you would think that that is a natural thing. But that is not. 
choose not. It's a choice. Hallelujah. It's a choice you make whether you are going to think this way or not. Whatever good that a person is, you can also become that good. You can. Hallelujah. You can. Whatever spiritual level that a person has, you can also attain onto that level. You don't believe. You can also attain onto that level. That is the truth. That is the truth. Because it is the word of God that makes men, and that word of God is given to everyone. That word is given to everyone. It is not given to some people. It is given to everyone. Of course, in the spiritual level that we are able to attain onto, our unique vessels come in. So in terms of the specific output, not the specific ability to know God, not the specific relationship with God, the outcome of that relationship is what I'm talking about. The output, in our specific outputs, we may differ, but in terms of our knowledge and understanding and relationship with God, God is no respecter of persons. In every nation, he that does what? Feareth him and doeth righteousness is what? Accepted of him. Hallelujah. No one is giving special abilities to have a relationship with God. We all are given the same free will. We all are given the same free will. We all are given the same free will. It is the same free will that is exercised by all of us. And I'll show you something about free will. You see, when you spend your free will on the enemy's requests, so when you spend your free will on giving in to evil, eventually it becomes more and more difficult for you to do that which is good. Is that okay? So for instance, if you yield to evil, if you give yourself more and more by choice, if you give yourself more and more to evil, it becomes more difficult for you to give yourself to what is good. Not because it is not possible to give yourself to what is good. It is because you have allowed evil to rule you. So you are not free to just choose good and reject evil. You have already offered yourself to be a servant of evil. Please understand that. So for some of us, that may be the case. You may offer yourself to be a servant of evil to the extent that the day that you decide that you want to give yourself as a servant to good, it is extra difficult to break away from that evil. Do you understand that? That is not because you were created extra weak. It is because you have taken your journey on the road that leads to destruction. And because of that, the demonic influence over your life is more. It is stronger. 
It is not because you were born exceptionally weak. It is because by choice, you have given yourself to evil and evil has ruled over you. So when you must choose good, it is not that easy to choose good. And to the extent that you have given your free will to evil, you can collect it back easily or less easily. Do you get it? So depending on how far you've gone in giving yourself to evil, you can either turn away easily and respond to the word of God, or you will feel the entanglement of the evil as the word of God is present with you. And for some of us, it is the entanglement of the evil that we feel that makes us think that we are created exceptionally weak. Not realizing that that entanglement that we feel, it is as a result of the path that we have walked on. Where we have passed what we have given ourselves to before. That is the reason why there is the entanglement of evil. Not because we're created exceptionally weak. It is because out of choice, because in terms of the power of free will, everyone has the same power of free will. Hallelujah. Everyone has the same power of free will. That is why it is easier to get young people to follow righteousness than to get old people to do that. Because old people, if they didn't choose the right path, have walked the path of unrighteousness for so long. And not that they have walked it for so long, so it's just been long. No, they have given themselves more and more to demonic control. So if they want to walk away from that, the extent of demonic influence is strong and extra work will have to be put into breaking away from such demonic influence so that they can walk the righteous path. And normally the enemies place before them the extra work. The enemies place before them the difficulty. And because of that, they say no, they cannot. And some of us, as young as we are, even though we are not so old, that's one of the things that the enemy is using to fight us. We have walked the path of unrighteousness for a long time. We have done strange things. The Lord will help you. This is not me giving you a reason why your case will never change. This is me explaining to you where you stand. Do you understand that? Because there's a way out. That way is by first believing that no one has an advantage over you. Hallelujah. And secondly, you must believe that where you are now in evil, you yielded yourself to get there. So nobody took you and forced you to get there. You see, that's why I said that the message is the power of hell. What is hell's power? Hell's power is actually no power except the one that we have chosen to give by yielding to the enticements of hell. So hell has control over us to the extent that we yield that control by accepting that which hell offers. It means that the life that hell offers cannot be forced on any man. It must be preached to that man. It must be illustrated to that man. It must be explained to that man. The man must be enticed. Then he will have to choose. He will have to choose. 
Hallelujah. Please understand that. So the path that you walk, it was your choice. Now, the enemy can make you also think that it wasn't your choice. The level of enslavement that you are in, it wasn't your choice. Now, if you think that it is not your choice, then you can't get out. Because if you are going to get out, it will have to be by your choice. So if it is not your choice to be in that evil, then it means that you are not getting out. Hallelujah. Please you understand that. So the enemy makes you think that it is not your choice. It is not something you chose. And the danger in it is that if you didn't choose it, then you cannot also come out of it. The enemy that chose to enslave you must also choose to let you go. And if the enemy has not chosen to let you go, how dare you go? But it is your choice. You see, everything that you believe, it has consequences. So if you say, this is what I'm going to believe, this is the thinking I'm going to subscribe to, you must ask yourself, what will it do? If you believe that it is not your choice that you are encroached upon by such demonic influence, if you want to believe that, what will it do? Let's say you believe it. What will be the result? What will it do in your life? It will mean that you can't come out. And it is in the enemy's hands to let you go. And if you also put it in God's hand, you are also not coming out. Because in God's hand also means that you must believe that it is in your hands. Do you see? It is your choice. So if you are going to say it's in God's hand, but it's not your choice, then you are also not coming out. You can cry and say God has not brought you out. But God is also expecting you to walk in a certain way, to exercise your freedom of choice. So it is your choice. You yielded yourself. You yielded yourself. Now, see, let's look at our theme scripture, James chapter 1, verse 15, so that you will understand something. Okay, let's do verse 14, so that we'll get the context. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own words last and enticed. So this is the demonic activity. It's enticing. You are being drawn away and what is being excited inside you is your own last, right? Now, once it is your own, that last is under your control, right? Is that okay? All right. So now let's go. So as it is last and the enticement is coming, when that last had what conceived when that last gives birth, in other words, when it is allowed to take root, now, please pay attention to this. The last is inside you, but the last has not conceived. Right? Why hasn't it conceived? Because in order for it to conceive, you must give it power to conceive. You must choose it. Hallelujah. And when you have free will, what you can do is to give power to the word of God or to give power to the last that is in you by choosing it. When you choose the word of God, the word of God is able to produce, right? When you choose against the word of God and you choose your last, then the last is able to produce. So when you are being drawn away by your last, your last has not produced. It is when you yield to the hell, is, it's like hell is coming to water it. Right, hell is generating something out of you. When you yield to that enticement, then the last now will do what? It will conceive and do what? It will bring forth what? Sin. 
And then when sin is finished, it does what? It brings forth death. Death is alienation from the Lord, alienation from the divine life, separation from the Lord. Hallelujah. So the word of God may meet you and it is just last. And you are being drawn by this last, right? The word of God may meet you and it is sin. And the sin has not yet conceived or produced or finished its work. So it may seem like it's a bit easier. Or the word of God may meet you in a certain state and it is in death. Do you understand that? So even though we are all on the same level, the reason why it may seem to you that it is not so and that some people are easily able to follow the Lord is because they have not given themselves to evil in the way you have. Amen. Now this is not to shame you. This is to let you know that it's still in your control. But then you understand why it may seem difficult. When lust has not conceived, its power is not as strong as when it has conceived. And when sin is not finished, its power is not as strong as when it is finished. This is very important. So the word of God can meet you in a certain state and it is easier in that state to ignore the word of God. That same word may meet another person in another state. So the same word may meet another person in a different state than yours and the person will grab onto the word of God as a lifeline. The same requirement. Both of you are unrighteous but the level of unrighteousness differs. It depends on what you have given yourself to. That is why you have to be careful even now what you are giving yourself to. Because when you give yourself to demonic influence, you don't walk away. Like, you don't just walk away. You see how it seems like you gave yourself casually. When you are walking away, the demons will try to prevent you. Not by saying you can't, but by working on you in terms of what is inside your heart that made you give in in the first place. So they are going to raise argument. They are going to paint pictures. They are going to work on your imaginations. They are going to imagine things that are not even the case. They are going to make this thing look extra hard than it is. So much can be done on you, and it is because you went there. You gave yourself. Hallelujah. It is because you gave yourself. Like, for instance, as you are here now, what are you giving yourself to? Right? So tell you, do follow after the love for the honor of men, right? But that's what you are doing. You see, like, you say, what is it? What is it? You keep yourself on that path. The word of God becomes irrelevant to you. And you carry yourself to a point where it seems like for you, it's like you are in hell already. Have you met people that they say, me, they have gone too far. Right? Me, the where I am. Talk to this person instead. And it is not because they are beyond help. 
It is because they have given up their will to evil to the point that it is unimaginable for them to take away that free will back. It is unimaginable. It seems to them impossible that that free will can be taken back. Hallelujah. But the reality is that if you give in freely, if you gave yourself freely, then you can also through the same exercise of free will with the help of the word of God that you have received also break away. Hallelujah. That is the idea. Some of you, your breaking away will be easier than for others. And it is not because some were made better than you. It is because we have all yielded to evil on different levels and even to different depths. That's all. Hallelujah. If this is the case, then what is required from you to win this battle is a decision to actually agree with the word of God. Because now, you see, my explanation is to this end, that we will see that we are not specially made weak. It is because of what we have given ourselves to over the years. Do you understand that? For instance, as you are growing up, maybe in your 19, 20, 20, 20 if you gave yourself to promiscuity, do you understand that? What you'll be battling when you decide to walk with the word of God is different from somebody that has just been chased. Or I think that is the same. It's not the same. Understand this. It's not the same. If you have been moving from one man to the other, or from one woman to the other, you are different in terms of what you will be battling from somebody who has not been moving from one man to the other and has kept himself or herself to one woman or one man. You'll be different. If you have been living your life in chase of the pleasures of this world, and the word of God comes to meet you in the pleasures of this world, you'll be different from somebody who has spent his life focused and has been moderate in his or her dealings. You'll be different. You'll be different. If you have spent time packing wrong ideologies into your head, in the things that you have subscribed yourself to on social media, for instance, some of you, you are easily able to believe that something bad is going to happen to you. And it is because every bad thing that has happened in this world, you have gone to read it and you have gone to watch it. You see, your mind is contaminated. And whatever you have acquired into your mind, the enemy will call upon it and use it against you if it will serve his purposes. So if you have acquired a lot of bad news, some of you have an affinity for following bad news. Yes. 
So you read it. You want to watch the video. You want to watch this. And they have killed somebody here. You want to see it. There's been an accident here. You want to watch what happened to the people. They are saying something on radio. Somebody has gone to do an evil thing. You seem to like to give yourself to such things. You are going to be different from somebody who has not when it comes to being positive about life. Do you understand that? You have given yourself too much to negativity. And it is the same devils that are working on you. The devil is trying to get another person to also not be positive about life. The devil is trying to get you also to not be positive about life. But the weapons the devil has against you are many. Do you understand that? There are many. You see me, I don't watch those things. An accident, I don't watch it. Not because I'm afraid. When we must watch it, it means that it is for a purpose. Do you understand that? So maybe there's an accident, we have to help. That will help. And the heart with which we'll be doing it will not turn this thing into a weapon for the enemy to fight us with. But those of us that do this thing out of leisure, Hallelujah. So you see, you have seen too many evil things. Too many. You have Googled too many things. And you see how many of you try to set yourself free from an attack on your mind by Googling. And by the time you finish the Google rounds, you were rather attacked more. It's because that's not how it works. So at times, just simple information in the mind, we can have so many of them. For instance, some of you in school, when you're coming to the university, what you took your time to listen to was about this Obekofi. And you'll be dismissed. So as you have come to the university, your efforts are given. You see, and you find this, many of you can attest to it. There are two categories. There were those that gave their effort to understanding what it takes to go home. So as we had said, they wanted to, how many will you have to train, you see, in order to go home? Up to now, I don't know. And some of you two don't. Because you didn't say, you wanted to know, in your first class, what do you do? You see, so you followed a certain group. And then no wonder you are afraid. Hallelujah. No wonder you are afraid. Some of you that are married or are not married, but you'll be marrying by all means. You are following certain things. You see, your mind is not free. You are following things. You are following fear women. You are following fear men. My gender, they will show you. The agenda, they will show you. You are following things to say, hey, what should I do? Then you read, I am a this and this and this. I lived with him for 40 years before I realized that he had another daughter that I didn't know about. This and this and this and this. One day I looked at my son and I realized that he doesn't look like me. So I decided to do a DNA test, not knowing that my wife gave birth with another person. Your mind is full of this. You say, no, you want to know this so you will not be naive. No. No, 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 relax. It's a lie. It's a lie. Actually, there is more wisdom 
in not giving yourself to these things. Your mind is clearer to think. If you know that your spouse can have someone else behind your back, what is it going to do? That knowledge, you know, what will it do? Not that you know that your spouse is doing it too. You know that your spouse can do it. Because that's what you have learned. Do you understand that? So that knowledge, what will it do? No, no, I'm talking about positive things. Because we want to know, because why are you so interested? Because you feel like, hey, you must know. And so who we are, right? But what will it do? Except that it becomes a recipe to ruin your own marriage. That's the only thing that will happen. That's the only thing that will happen. That's the only thing that will happen. I'm telling you, it will make you suspicious. You begin to watch, read things, check things. I, you say, but if I don't know, what, if you don't know, my question, if you don't know, and it is done to you, what will happen to you? Like you finish 40 years, 50 years, your husband dies, and you discover that there's another child. What will happen to you? You, the wife, what will happen to you? What happened? Really nothing. Like it's just a shock, right? That, hey, this is the person I've been with, but what distraction will come to your person? Hmm? No, 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 you think about it. Because at times you feel like, hey, hey, but you have to be careful. Some day, hey, 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 yeah, it's some way, right? But then what will really happen? To you. You laughed honestly, right? You gave your all, right? But someone else was dishonest. Okay, so if you laugh honestly, you give your all, is it to your advantage? Yes. If somebody is dishonest, is it to your disadvantage? No. And this one is an interesting one. All the dishonesty you didn't even see. For the last 40, 50 years, you didn't see. So what did you suffer these 40 years, 50 years? You have now discovered the thing. As you have even discovered it, you are about to die. Because you are also grown. You are what? 70. No, no, no. You see, I know that maybe you think, oh, I'm trying to know. I get it. That is some way. But what is it that you think now that you are acquiring all these stories about people that deceived their spouses, now that you are acquiring all this information into your mind, you know, like what do you think is going to do? What good thing is it going to do? So then, when the enemy is looking for you, you have already the spare parts, right? So if the enemy wants to construct something inside your head, the enemy needs to make you remember stories. Then you remember A, you remember B, you remember C, you remember D. Then the rest, you will continue from there. I'm telling you. So even peace of mind to just be walking there, at times, you just need to keep yourself away from some things. You see, so you feel like you are bombarded too much by the enemy, right? So it makes you take some steps. 
And somebody else also says, oh, let's be free and move. The difference is not that somebody was made better than you. The difference is that you have given yourself to all these things. And the person hasn't. Have you seen a child walking there? When you see children, don't you see, aye. What is it that makes them move about and you are just sitting there quietly analyzing your life? It's because they don't know many things, right? Yeah, so at times, uh, to not know a lot of evil things is a good thing. It's a good thing. So, but if we don't know, how will we know evil people? No good things, you know evil people. Eh? Because some of us know what is evil. We don't even know what is good. We don't. And we think it's so that we can walk away from evil. But what defines the evil? What defines it? Hallelujah. What defines it? So, whatever makes it difficult for you to follow after the word of God, you must know that you took steps to get to that place where now you find it difficult. If you took steps, then you can also exercise free will with the help of God to also walk back. It will not be as easy as someone who didn't take steps. Do you understand that? It will not be as easy as someone who didn't take steps. If in this whole your life, you have seen two breasts, and that is the breast of your wife, you lack imagination. Do you understand that? You lack imagination. All that you imagine is the one that you have seen before. <laughs> Hallelujah. You, see, you have to think. You have to think. See, what are you doing to yourself that when the word of God now comes, it's extra difficult? Hallelujah. What life are you living? So that when the word of God meets you, you are special case. No. You are not. The only difference is that you have yielded yourself more to evil. It means that you can also make that journey back. And you can also now stand. You see, I said there are people who are ahead of you, right? You will not be able to overtake them. I said they will come back. And they are not. Right? Let's say they will not. So you can stand. You see where you can see somebody standing that say that, Charlie, what is the next word? We are moving with the child. You too, when the next word is coming, you are afraid. Because what is this word coming to tell me to stop that I don't want to stop? So now you can move on and get to the place where the next word is something you are also waiting for. The next truth is also something you are waiting for. You can come to that place. It is not a special place. It's not for special people. It is migration. You can also fight and get to that place. When I was on campus those days, when I hear obedience, then I'm afraid. Did you also used to be afraid of obedience? That's why we easily subscribe to the new creation doctrine in those times. You don't need to obey the word of God. You just need to do it. See, there's a difference between doing the word and obeying the word. <laughs> so obey hey! there's a holiness hey! we didn't like the holiness people 
Those days, my SS time, SU was holiness people. I don't know what they've become now. Hey, holiness people. <laughs> you should be afraid. Why? Because we were allowed to believe that what is wrong with us, we can't overcome it. You see, that's why the doctrine you believe is key. Because there are people who believe now that man cannot overcome sin. That's why God has done sacrifice for sin. So that if you sin, sacrifice, if you sin is there. So God has catered for what man can never do, which is to stop the sin. So it's in many people's minds that what is plaguing them is not something that they can walk away from. But it's not true. It's not true. So my point is I used to be afraid of obedience, obedience, so simple obedience. I'm afraid. So those days, the preachers that came and talked about obedience, we said it wasn't powerful. Then the preacher that came and said, you are going this thing, you are doing this. He said, yeah, this is powerful. You see? So this preacher is too hard. Law, law, he's too law. Uh, law. It's too long, long. Yeah. See, but now, when I hear obedience, wow. Some of you, I've said obedience here, now you have adjusted. Before, hey, what is this? Some of you even came to church fresh. Hey, obedience, turn away from evil. What is all this? It's not because there's a problem with it too. It's because of where you were when this thing was coming. Or if you are still there, where you are as this thing is coming. You are plagued by the enemy to the point that it's like we are telling you things that man cannot do. So we should stop telling you those ones and tell you things that you can do. So what are some of the things that you can do? You can brush your teeth. Okay, so that's what we'll be preaching about. Brush your teeth every morning. Eat every morning. That you can do. No, look, nobody is special. Nobody is special. For instance, there are things that maybe you may maybe look at me, or maybe in the way I'm preaching to you, you may find that, oh, I easily do it, right? What's that expression? <laughs> like, go to the past. Do you know where we started from? Do you see? You think as we have met now, we are all beginning at the same point. No, some of us, when we met, if it's 400 meters, some are in the 200 curve about to get to this. And you are now starting. And you need to acknowledge that and not let the enemy lie to you that you, there, you are a special case. Some people have just started before you. Some people have just started before you. Like some of you, even the word of God that we preach to you, it's not so clear. You have not been able to grasp it into your mind and appreciated it in all its length and breadth, right? And you say, hey, me there, my mind died. This church there is for intellectuals, so. <laughs> it's not for any intellectuals, please. Who is even an intellectual? It's not anything. Look, there were times that, <laughs> my brother, I read, uh, I don't understand anything. Do you understand? I don't understand anything. I don't even know the length and the breadth. Some of you will give you expressions, right? 
and then we explain it. We give you a word, then we define it. We give you a statement, then we explain it, right? Some of us, when we're even learning what we are learning, we read page one, we meet new words, right? Have you read the Buddha you met? It's not that two or three new words. Like, almost everything there is anyway. And you get to page 76 before you find the meaning of that new word. Because the way it is being used there, even when you check dictionary, you don't get it. You get it. Certain spiritual definitions are not given. So you just have to maintain the word inside your head. So it's a reading that is almost like it's fruitless. You are just reading, but it's good because you are just familiarizing yourself. Yes, but you, you take something you read, first paragraph, it's like as if you there, where you are, in the, you should understand all things, right? So as you don't understand all things, it's the fault of the book or the writer. And uh, no. You see, there was a time to even conceive that I'll be able to appreciate and understand things. Eh? It wasn't easily conceivable. Just that I knew that if it is not possible, then what is the point? Do you understand that? Like some of you, as you have sat in this church, all your wisdom and in terms of its accuracy, you refer it to me. So you are not sure of anything except I confirm it, right? No, it's a point. But you must not stay at that point. If you stay there, you tell yourself that you there. You can't also know to the point where you can also be sure that it is correct. You should, right? What is special about me? Am I not a human being? Good. So, that's what I thought. That the people that I'm learning from, if they can understand things in this way, then me too, I can understand things that way. The difference is that they are ahead of me. If they are ahead of me, then they took steps. Let me find the steps that they took. That is when we were looking into how people did what they did. Let me find the steps that they took. And isn't that the normal thing? If you find somebody is doing something that you want to do, you find how they did it, right? Then you also do it. It's the same thing. People took steps to arrive at where they are. You too, you can take the same steps. You see, the reason why we easily tell ourselves that we are specially weak is because it's convenient. It's a convenient stance to take. It's a stance that does not allow you to bother yourself. Because you've already said that you are too weak. So it's like a stance where then you don't have to do anything. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to push. That's why we easily believe it. Not because it makes sense. It's because it's convenient. So we can stand here and preach everything from our bellies. And point on you, and quietly you'll be sitting there, and your conclusion is that oh, you are too weak, you are especially weak, you dear. You cast your mind around, you see how people are doing this thing. Like child, we are receiving, we are being many intelligent. Oh, I'm not because God didn't try with me. I have some special weaknesses that these people don't have. Not knowing that they have power through their weaknesses in the same way that. You are being expected by God to push through your own weaknesses to get to the level that you must get to. This is my feeling. If I find that something is necessary on the path that I am walking, I'm going to become it. That's all. And the only reason why I have not become it is because I have not seen something. If I see that thing, 
and become it. The way to see we also know is the path of repentance, the path of obedience. When my eyes open and I see, I will become what it is that the people are. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Everything can be learned. You see, it's a blessing. Everything can be learned. You can learn how to be a good friend. You can learn how to be a good brother, a good sister. You can learn how to be a good husband, a good wife. You can learn how to be a good human being. If you are fearful, you can learn how to be fearless. If you are timid, you can learn boldness. Like, you can learn to be bold. If you are enslaved and weak in a particular evil, you can be strong in that thing so that you can never be held down by it again. Everything can be learned. And in God's universe, there is a path to freedom from every point that you find yourself. Man's work is to find that path and believe that he also can walk that path. Hallelujah. Look, let me tell you, you can so understand that it will bust your mind. You see, <laughs> I'm telling you, you can so perceive things in the spirit. You can so know God that you don't want to jinx it. Like that feeling of you don't even want to acknowledge that. Hey! It's like, really? I'm knowing God, pal, because you fear it will be jinxed if you are. You can so know God. Look, you can, hey! It's up to you. It's up to you. It's your choice. Don't stand anywhere and say that somebody is better than you or somebody has it easier than you. Don't stand anywhere. I was telling everybody like that when I was on the only thing I thought I had a flair for was football. That's all. I don't have a flair for anything again. Listen, even to speak, I was not a speaker. Like, you see, some people, when they are young, they speak, right? Wow. Do you get it? Yeah. Some of you, now that you came here, that is like you've turned deaf and dumb. When you were in your natural element, you used to speak and you were just a speaker, right? <laughs> you see? But I'm telling you, there's a change. Me, if I'm not a speaker, no problem. I can't, oh, God didn't make me into. Oh, no, no. What I'm, I need to speak in this world, who can lead people and cannot speak? Hallelujah. I learned that everyone that successfully leads people must be able to communicate. See? So I'll learn how to speak. Hallelujah. I'll learn how to speak. I'll learn how to speak. Hey, you, it's because you are special. That's why you can learn anything. No. No. See, I said, what I'm doing is that I'm trying to remove this covering, right? So when you are doing you now you'll be looking at yourself and be smiling that, Charlie. You see, I did your home tomorrow, so we can't hide here anymore. Like, eh, hey, me, dear. Eh, hey, me, dear. Nobody is saying, Look, we have crawled and passed under it. Like we have, why? Because we too, you see, the scripture said it simply. It said, Elijah was a man of like passion. Subject to what we are subjected to, right? 
Do you understand that? And he prayed. So when you are about to pray, search for God and you, tell, you need someone who can reach God better than you. Because you, you were not made for a personal relationship, an intimate and a deep relationship with God. It is rather Pastor Soso and so and Mr. Soso and so and Mrs. Soso and so that has that ability. You remember that that person is subject to the same passions as you. So you don't have an excuse. What you are doing is that you are preventing yourself from going through what you need to go through in order to become what you need to become. That is what you are doing. You are just lying to yourself that you are specially weak, but you are not specially weak. And Paul told them, Moses also told them, said the word is nigh thee. It is in your heart. It is in your mouth. The word is nigh. Don't say, oh, who shall go up? To bring the Lord. Who shall go down to bring him up from the dead? Don't say that. It's almost like the word that has reached you, there's something about you in that state that makes you limited as to the word of God. So if only somebody could bring Jesus from up, you could easily follow the word. If only we could bring him again from the dead, you could easily follow the word. So it means that the responsibility to follow the word is not placed on the doorsteps of free will. It's something else beyond you. It's a weakness beyond you. It's a limitation beyond you that has made you unable to follow the word of God. No. I said, whatever you choose to think, when you decide to think that way, ask yourself, what will it do? But this way, oh, it's a limitation beyond me. It's a weakness beyond me. So what will it accomplish? You find that then you are not going anywhere. And there are some of us here, this is our thinking. And the enemy has kept us this way for a long time. But it's my prayer that from today will not be like that. See, when the word of God comes to you and he meets you, just see that necessity is laid upon you. This is the word of God. Going forward is going to be difficult because the word of God has come to you. Because Jesus explained, that he has not brought peace into the world. He has brought the sword. So the word of God that has reached you is going to make you leave something. Do you understand that? And we are all afraid of leaving that thing. Who is not afraid of leaving? Hey, what we love, the evils we love, the things that we have subjected ourselves to. We love those things. Everybody is afraid. Do you understand? If you are not afraid, put your hand up. We claim we want to work with God, but all of us are afraid of what God might bring up that we are not ready to let go of. Or you are not afraid. Now we are afraid. Yes. I'm also afraid. So do you know what I do? What else will I do? That's what I ask myself. The word of God has reached me. It is to make me a better person. So what else will I do? What else can I do? I must just walk forward. Yes, Anna, I must just walk forward. So if the word of God says I walk away from this, and the thing is here, I must start walking away from it. Do you understand that? The interesting thing is that when you must start walking away from it, it begins with a decision, a vow. Right? You have to decide. And that vow is a crucial thing. For many of us, it is that vow that we don't take. Because that vow will include a heartbreak 
our hearts will break in the taking of the vow and we don't want to take it. Right? For instance, if you say, oh, I will not be eating sugar. Right? I will not be eating sugar. So keep this one, I will not be eating sugar. And then I will never eat sugar again. You know, you feel that thing, right? The vow is the second one. You see how the heartbreak is there, right? Because I will never eat sugar again. We'll call forth all the sweet things. Wow. Cupcake. Whew. And after that thing that you make, what is it? Cheesecake. Whew. That is why it is easier for some people to overcome in temptation. It's because they do this thing before they meet the temptation. I'll say all that crap people, that for a man to actually walk away from adultery, he must give up adultery in his heart in this way. He must come. For many men, they are walking about, they have not cheated on their wife, not because they want to. They say they won't, but it's a temporary I want. You see, it's like, I want, but I will not cheat on my wife. Is if I will never give myself to any woman apart from my wife. It's different. You see, the second one involves a heartbreak. The first one is like, we have not done it today. We will not do it tomorrow. The next day we will not do it. But 15 years from now, anything can happen. And that door open is the small relief you have that you have given to your flesh. That door that you have left open is the relief you have given to your flesh for it to calm down and be okay with this decision. Do you see? So when the enemy comes, the enemy will win because you have not taken the opportunity to make the vow in the way that you should make it. You have not. So, I will never cheat on my wife. It's different from, I won't cheat on my wife. I will never eat sugar again. It's different from I will not be eating sugar. You see? So for me, when it comes to things like sugar and this, I don't want any trouble. So I never say I will never eat sugar again. Because I've done it several times and I realized that no. What confronted me was too much unnecessary fight. You see, like too many things will confront you, right? So what I do is that I'll say I will not eat sugar. So I can go, I won't eat sugar things. I won't eat sugar things. The one day I'll eat a bit. Then I'll be back to I will eat sugar things. Ah, the one day I eat a bit. I feel like that's okay for bodily health. Just like that. But spiritual health issues. This is some of you. You say, yeah, I'm going to exercise every day from four to five every day from today. No, you don't do that with bodily things because that's a fight, unnecessary fight. You do that with the evils. With the evils, you shut them down. You understand that? But with the, oh, I'll be exercising from today. Let's see where we'll get to. Yes. <laughs> you go that way. So you go, well, you'll be confronted with. That's why at times you will not even start. But what will confront you, you give up. You say, Charlie, it's too much. You see. But when it comes to evil, the reason why I brought this thing up, when it comes to evil, you see, I said, hey, it has reached us, right? So what can we do, right? You have to do what the word of God says. At that time, you have to make your vow that this is the direction that you are going with your life. Do you understand that? In the making of the vow, your heart actually breaks in the spirit. 
Hallelujah. Actually, this heartbreak thing, I'm borrowing it from one of us, his experience, okay? And I thought it's like a powerful experience. So now it's part of my preaching vocabulary now. Heartbreak, do you see? In this way that your heart will break in, normally, it's like it's breaking in the spirit. See, that's why Jesus talked about you can commit adultery in the heart, right? And it means that you have not done it in the flesh, but there's no opportunity to do it. But because it's allowable to you in the heart, you are committing it. Do you see? So you must confront that thing and make your decisions in the heart now. And then begin to walk. As you are making it, you have not yet been tempted. Do you understand that? You have not. You will feel the loss because you are saying you will never do it. But the temptation will come. But by the time the temptation is coming in, the foundation for the temptation has been laid by you. We don't lay foundation for spiritual attention. So when it comes, it just carries us like water. It carries us away like a flag. Hallelujah. But there are certain things that when we do, when the word of God comes, it is said that we develop a strong foundation that when the temptations come, it does not work against us. You see, you must know that for you to even face temptation, you should be prepared for it. You should. So you just have to decide that, okay, it's not that you are deciding it's nice so. It's not like, oh, wow, we are going to obey God from today. We are going to obey. No, we don't. Who wants to obey God, really? Even when we have seen what obedience will produce, our next obedience, Kano, is not that easy. Do you understand that? Yeah. But you have to accept it. Do you see? It has reached you. Wato. The word has come to meet you. And the word, when it meets you, it comes with a certain understanding. Harden not your heart. Today, as it is called today, when you hear his word, harden not your heart. Ooh. So then, let's walk. We are not happily walking, but we walk. Do you understand that? We walk away. We walk away. We walk away. The more we walk away, the more we gather strength to stay away. Before, it's as if your strength is small, but you just take the first step to walk away. There's strength gathered from that first step to take the next step. When you look at yourself as to the time that, like you are totally free from this thing, it will be unimaginable to you. Because where you stand, you lack the capacity to imagine yourself totally free. You understand that? The reason I'm saying that you lack the capacity to be free, you need a certain strength. For instance, the evil that is plaguing you, it is plaguing you with a certain strength that you have given it. You understand that? So you see the strength. Not that the evil is powerful. You have given the strength. So you see the strength. In order for you to be free, you must be able to imagine that that strength of the evil that is in you, that strength has been removed. So the evil is not as strong on you in terms of its pull as it is at the moment. If something is pressing you, when you want to think of your freedom, you have to think of your freedom in relation to your ability to remove what is pressing you from there. You understand that? If you are carrying 100 kilos weight, to stand free without that weight, you have to see yourself either being able to push away that weight or something lifting that weight from you. You understand that? But this weight is so strong. So whatever is going to lift it must be equal to it, right? It must be as strong as it is in order to push it away. 
If you want to see that you are going to be free from the evil, you must be able to see yourself not possessed by the power of that evil anymore. That does not make sense to you. Now, when you are in that evil, it is difficult to see yourself. You can project. The word of God can help you say, oh, it's possible to be free. But to really see yourself free, it is virtually impossible to do that. Please understand that. You will be able to see yourself free when you have matched the power that is holding you down. In other words, when you have overcome the thing itself. Is that okay? So as you have not seen, what will you do? You have to walk away small. Not like, oh, I'm walking away small today, but you're engaging it in it, let it, let it. No, you are moving. You don't calculate by looking at the whole thing. Hey, you have to move like 100 kilometers. No, you are moving now. Let's move now. Let's deal with what is before us now. Let's walk away. The more you walk away, the more you gather strength to keep walking away. You see, so it's easier to walk away when you are walking away than to begin the initial walking away. So it's like when you are with the evil, the most difficult one is to initiate the walking away. You understand that? And that's where the vow comes in. But when you start walking away, it becomes easier and easier. Because with every walking away, it's also with you taking your freedom back. Because that's what you yielded to the enemy. Do you understand that? So as you walk away, you take your power back. You take your power back. So the next step, you are more strengthened to take that step. The next step that is coming, you are more strengthened to take it. But if you imagine yourself just with the evil at the time, and you don't just start walking, you continue to stay there forever. Hallelujah. If this is what the Lord is requiring from us, then we'll do it. No consideration of a me that I'm not able to. No. If the Lord says we must preach this word, then we'll preach it. Hallelujah. Many years ago, before I concluded that even if the Lord doesn't want me to be a preacher, I'll be a preacher. I used to be afraid that the Lord would say I should be a preacher. Can you imagine that? But the thing... You are going close to the thing now. You get to a point where the fire catches you. Now you are rather saying that even if the Lord doesn't want you to be a preacher, you will be a preacher. You see how we change? Yeah. Hallelujah. See, so for some of you, you have to delete that number now. Do you see? I'll die. Yes. You see that, I'll die. Your heart will take it, delete it. So, but, okay, I can't just delete his number or her number. It will be rude. What do you think? You see, it's funny. But it happens. Oh, it will be rude. So I want to find time to talk to him. When will you talk to him? Oh. He's not around. She's not around. So I'll meet him maybe in a month. <laughs> Delete the number. So I'm going to block him. No. Like block him and delete the number. DC. I remember I found out Abigail is on Snapchat. So one day she came to my house. I was cutting my hair. 
I called her the Peter to come. That Abigail is on Snapchat. And that she should explain what she's doing there. So I don't have this thing. You know how long I was waiting for this thing to appear naturally in a message? Because I know that she's not the only one. Do you see? So I know I'm on some of your cases now. Wow. God is really this thing. No, but you put, why must we be the ones to come and tell you? I think when somebody must come and tell you that this is an evil thing, she walk away from it. You should know the level of the enslavement too. Please, no, 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 let me explain myself. So I asked, I mean, what is she doing? Does she have a business there? She said, no, like business, like maybe you are doing business, right? Because social media, if you have a business, you can send your business there. Wow. She said, no. What is she doing there? Oh. We're there till the guy was finishing my hair cut. Nothing. Do you see? So I said, okay, then delete it. Come and see. <laughs> well, we all agreed that she herself said that, oh, okay, okay. Do you understand? Are you sharing the word of God there? No. Well, here, Snapchat, you can even put somebody come and say, don't, don't share such things to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you are pornography and things are just distributed there. Ah, were you the one who said Snapchat is not good for Mama D? Were you the one? Because it seems like that somebody has said that to Mama D before. Were you the one? You see, so she saw my did there as bona fide. She make up things here, but her there. And then she is saying that, hey, body, this place is not good for you. So, <laughs> no. No. it's like, at times people do that to me. Like maybe they'll be watching something. They say, me, I shouldn't watch some. It's like me there, it will spoil me. But you, it won't spoil you. Me there, I'm a preacher. It will affect God's anointing. But you, you are what? It won't affect your anything, right? No, 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 no. You think about it. This thing that you are trying to protect me from, why not protect your own self from it? If you protect yourself from it, will it not make you somebody who can do the things that I do? You see? So, she deleted it. I missed a lot of... Why? Because she has some things. You said you had what? Streaks. That if she deleted it, will go. See? Even phone. Phone gets missing. Like phone. Like phone. See, phone, the things you have on phone, right? Even phone gets missing. Streaks. E. Like streaks. Do you know streaks? Hey, you know streaks. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's my point too. So you see, the things you know and the things that some people know, there's a difference. Do you see? 
However, what we know that doesn't bring any good thing. They outweigh the things that bring good things. Anyway, so it was difficult for her to delete. Do you see? But this is how you break away from something. So you don't say, oh, okay, so I won't go there again and it's on your phone and it's on your PC, right? So she deleted it on her phone. Ah, that's powerful. So the next step was to go home. So then I made her go to her house and go and delete it from her PC. So she went and came back. Very sad. Like the rich young ruler. Very sad. DC. So you are not there, you know, you are there as. <laughs> <laughs> She's there as well. A <laughs> yeah, that's a plumber now. <laughs> no, but what do you think? You see, you, Nankasano, you have set too many traps for yourself. Oh. Like, I see it, okay, with young people, your traps are too many. Self imposed traps. Is that you are going to run, but you now you've gone ahead of you and dug holes and done a lot of things to stop you. Then you have come to say you are going to start running. Your traps are too many. The places you can be at, the corners, the things installed on your phone, too many. I mean, if you are battling pornography and you are on Snapchat, what are you doing? Like, no, what are you doing? Oh, if I truly battle it, right, then I can be there and I will not watch, right? No, you are not an angel coming down to now discover that there's pornography. You are in the thing. You want to stay inside the ant to rid yourself of the thing, right? The ant. You see, engineering crime went to think, right? That's what you want to do. You forget that you are already in bondage to this thing. Nana, take your phone and delete it. Go to your... <laughs> no, if you are not on Snapchat, what will happen? Like, what will happen? What will happen? Nothing really. What will happen? You won't die. I are death in How many of you answer? Look, if you are there for business, no problem. Because then there is a righteous reason why you are there. You understand that? But if you are there as a what? Snapchatter. <laughs> Nana, live there. You understand that? Live there. See, I can't. Why can't you just take your phone? As you are doing it, you are crying, right? Ah, my heart will break. But you still put your finger on the thing uh, for it to come out, right? Then they'll give you an option. Uninstall. You just press it. Uh, then you die. You can do it. What do you think? Like, as we are sitting, we can just do it. We can just take our phones. I shouldn't send a message there. I should let you go and do it at home. You see my problem? Will you die? Like, are you coming to that? Or I'm being unreasonable with the word of God. Don't stand anywhere and say, you there, you are limited. 
and then you there, you are special, and then you there, you can't become what the word of God says. These things are stopping you. They are taking your attention. They are dragging your heart away from the Lord. You let them, and then you have no energy for the word of God, and you complain that you have no energy as a special case. No. No. Talk to some WhatsApp pages that you are on. Do you see? You have to get out from there. There are WhatsApp pages where they do betting. Yes, but you are stopping the betting. Are you stopping? You are stopping by the grace of God, right? But you are there. When you stop, then you delete it. That's how you are doing it, right? When you stop it, then you delete it. No, you delete it. You die there. You have to die. You have to break your own heart. Hallelujah. You have to break your own heart. So us what we are doing that we must walk away from. It is giving us something now. And we are getting some money from it. We are getting some kind of joy from it, some kind of attention from it. So you want the attention or the joy or the money to run its course. So you are not getting money again, then you can't stop. So when you project in three months time, you will not be getting anything from this thing. So that's when you will stop. Remember, it is not the action. So when there's no need for the action and you say you have stopped, you have not stopped. Yeah, there's no opportunity to do it anymore. You stop at the time that you are tempted to do it, at the time that there's opportunity to do it. That is when you stop. See, let me throw this challenge to you. Let your heart break one. Just one. One thing. Not some less thing. Like choose the thing that is before you now. Everybody knows what is before them now that they can't seem to bypass to look at the face of God. So choose that one. That thing. There are more things in your life oh, that your heart will have to break about. But just this one. Choose that one and say that I'm going to let my heart break concerning this thing. Do you see? You feel hot. You feel cold at the same time. You feel uneasy. The enemy will try to reason it out. He say, oh, don't be too drastic. Be drastic. Do it small, small. Don't do it small, small. Do it sharp. Do you understand? Do it sharp. Radical. Don't do, oh, oh eh, eh, eh. it's like the way you are addicted to we. You take the we small, small. 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 So I'm not doing like the way I used to do it now, but I'm doing small, small till finally I stop. No. We don't stop evil that way. We don't stop it that way. We don't stop it that way. It has to be sharp. So decide that you are going to let your heart break concerning that thing. You see, I'm telling you that this heartbreak, even though it is very difficult and instinctively, it feels like it must be avoided. Do you see? When you allow your heart to break, one, even though the thing is painful, you will become addicted to letting your heart keep breaking. So this thing that you think is unpleasant, 
you can actually come to love it. It will not be pleasant, but you will still love it. It's like the unpleasantness of being in the gym and how you can grow to love the pain that you go and get in the gym. But start with what? Because you need to see it. You see, at times, when you have not seen the thing, when you have not experienced that heartbreaking, you have imaginations about it. So when you are told something, you can raise an argument. But all that I'm asking is that just let your heart break one. You that you are saying that you that you are special and you are too weak. No, let your heart break one. Let your heart break one. What is before you that is stopping you from following after the word of God? Give that thing up. Don't give it up temporarily. Give it up permanently. This is the end. Handshake, walk away. I walk away. We are done. Give it up permanently. Use words, I, I will never touch this thing again. I will never go to this place again. I will never relate with this person again. I will never do this thing again. Some of you, as you are going to say, you will never, your head is paining you. Sheesh. I will never Sheesh. do it. Let your heart break. Look, if you can let your heart break one, that thing that is sitting on you is like, you see you somehow, they say I can't be free, but you can't see yourself walking out. Decide that on this particular thing, I'm going to let my heart break. Some of you are students, you are very, very lazy students. You don't learn. You know you must learn. But you see, if you imagine yourself learning every day, you are panicking. Learn every day, every evening. From what? Six to ten. Eight to twelve. Hey, if you are going to do it one, it's easy, right? Or just for exams. You do it. Exams is coming. Let's free and die. But what about do it and it will become your life? You can't imagine it. But you can let your heart break concerning this. You can carry yourself. Carry yourself to the library and sit there. When the time for you to carry yourself is coming, yeah, they say, Lord, help me. Then you carry yourself again. Then the time is coming, Lord, help me. You carry yourself again. Break your heart. Don't give any chance. You will find that one day you love learning. Is it possible for a human being to love learning? Not learning because you fear to fail. Learning because you love knowledge. You love to know. Not so that you can get 100%. What the knowledge will do, that's what you love. It's like a human being can't do that, but you wake up one day and you find that you actually do. You'll be shocked. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like, did that dream. Like, hey, like me. That day is there. There's a place in God that is waiting for you like that, where you are rid of that burden. And it's unbelievable to you. It's unbelievable to you. Nobody has been rid of an evil burden and they said, oh, I knew it. Look, if you were like that, I promise you, wait for it. You are not done. 
You're not done. Wait, you just wait, just time. If I even say to you, don't believe it, no problem. Wait for it. But you get to, you can't believe it. I'm telling you, your heart can shift. But it must break first. The potter cannot form the pot into a better one, except he breaks that pot. The wound that is cancerous and that is infected cannot heal, except the infection is removed. That pain of scraping of the infection, except the person goes through that, that wound is not free to heal. I remember when I was on campus, I to play ball at Pajo, and then I twisted my ankle. That's the day that I realized that pain can make you pass out. My ankle got swollen, big one. So I was like this, I got to Pajo and about. I almost passed out, so I found somewhere to sit. I sat there for a while before a trotro came, and then I was able to get myself into the trotro. When I got to my hostel, there was a guy who is a twin. He said, this thing is twin now. And the guy was just, you understand? Like, I should come. You see, the imagination alone almost tore my heart. Like, the fact that this guy will be taking his hand, and I'm not the one going to tell him to stop. He's going to massage it and press it till he's done. It is the same reason why some of us, our sickness will remain with us forever. But we really see that if this thing is pressed, it will go and will work. But the suffering of having to submit it for that kind of massage is what we don't want to go through. I'm saying give yourself. Just give yourself. When you are giving a cry, feel sad. Just... You don't know. We don't happily give ourselves. Nobody runs to the altar of sacrifice rejoicing. Right? We go with sorrow, sadness. But when we are coming back, we come with rejoicing. That's the scripture, the last part. That's what he says. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his what? His sheaves with him. So we are holding the seed to plant. We are crying, but it's the planting time. We will return. Hallelujah. Please, one, one thing, let your heart break on this thing. What do you think? It's true. If you don't let it, we'll be back here again. And it will be the same thing. How many of you realize that the same thing can be your thing for five years? And you hear the word of God and you know that everywhere coming, it stops at the door of this thing. It means that for the past five years, the word has not profited you because it always stopped at that door. Hallelujah. It's like you die, but you won't die. Prepare for death, but you won't die. 
prepare for. Like, do you know Turkey? When they say your Turkey has come, prepare for your Turkey coming. Let your Turkey come. Uh, it's like you're about to die, but you won't die. Let your heart break. Are you going to do that? Let your heart break. Let your heart break. Matthew chapter 8, verse 21. And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said unto him, follow me and let the dead bury their dead. Hallelujah. Now there's somebody that has heard from Jesus. The understanding is that he must follow Jesus. But he wants to follow Jesus and at the same time reconcile or have a relationship with the evil things that he was associated with. He still wants to give honor to that which was ruling him before. He wants an amicable settlement. And Jesus said that, let the dead bury their dead. Another way to see this is that those that want to insist on burying their dead in the presence of the word of God, those that want to insist on giving room and keeping alive the things that are of the flesh, they are dead. Listen, they are dead. Well, it says it's the dead that must bury the dead, right? So if you choose to bury your dead in the sight of the word of God, now, in scripture, burial is resurrection. You get it? So, in this context, it is not about, oh, my father is letting me just be buried, my father. No, he probably spoke that way. But Jesus is giving a response in the spirit. And he's saying that you cannot be his disciple if you still honor the evils that previously ruled you. Hallelujah. If you allow those things to control you, in the presence of the word of God. Anybody that does that is dead. You can't do that and come and leave. Anybody that does that is dead. You can't do that and come and leave. It is not possible. And that is the word that I'm living with you. Let the dead bury their dead. Don't lie to yourself that you are extremely weak. Don't. Everybody is weak. Everybody has difficulties. Everybody is plagued by evils. The difference is that you are giving in. That's all. You are giving in. You are allowing the evils to plague you. But if you rise up and say, what the word of God says I can do, I'll be able to do it. Some of you have seen yourself standing for God in great ways. But the enemy is telling you that, no, you are not like this person, you are not like this person. But whatever a person is, it can be learned. That's a beautiful thing about the human nature. Everything can be learned. Even what looks like a gift can be learned. Because a gift is intuition. Intuition can be gained. We all know how we gain intuition. 
if a gift cannot be gained, the clan rice is not any player that they should sell for 100. Look, the guy has played the ball, and now he knows how to play the ball. See, there's a point where you break through the natural activity and then it becomes like you are gifted. So even what we call a gift, eh, myself as we enter and go and get the gift. Do you understand that? We are not gifted. But thank God there's a path to intuition. There's a path to perception. But when we can see something, then we can become that thing. That's all. When we can see something, then we can become that thing. Hallelujah. There's a way you can come to see. There's a way you can get to the level of sight. So then nothing is kept from you. Nothing is kept from you. Nothing is kept from you. I remember when I was in class one, not knowing anything about football, a guy in our area called us. We were like four children. He was grown. At that time, he was in like class six or something. One day. And he said he's going to teach us how to play football. Do you see? We started from one end of the area park. If you pass to your friend, run forward. Then your friend will pass to you a diagonal kind of pass, right? Then when your friend passes you, they too will run forward. Then you also pass to your friend, right? And then they too will run forward. Then you two run for like that. So we pass the ball from the pole to the other pole. Do you see? There were many that were being taught. But come and see me. My eyes were white. Do you see? My eyes were white. Why? I was taking this thing world couple. So even when it comes to football and things, I feel like it's this guy that taught me how to play football. So we pass past. So how to pass through people? He taught us all those things, and that's what I took to school. I remember those times, primary school. But that's how we used to play it. You see, but others were also there learning the thing, right? There was a difference. One person is special. No, I am against that kind of thinking. It's like everything inside me. Is against it. To think that you are not where you are because you are personally disadvantaged. Even the fraud boys, they know that I am from a bad something. A poor background ends at 30. Even the fraud boys know that there is a point where you are the bad. After 30, you are the background. You see, so when will you look at your own self? When? We will not give excuses again. We will allow our hearts to break. Amen.